mining uh, companies uh, have net positive contributions to society. And of course, like all businesses, they also have net negative contributions. Not all of them mine the same portfolio of commodities. And there are certainly some commodities that could arguably be seen as part of a low carbon resource efficient and socially inclusive future. Environmental, social and corporate governance policies, commonly referred to as ESG, may have been a compliance box ticking exercise for many mining companies in the past, but this is no longer the case. As consumer behaviour changes, there is an increasing awareness to invest responsibly in the green economy. What does that mean for mining companies, particularly juniors seeking investment? Hi. I am Laura Cornish, Editor-in-Chief of Mining Review Africa, and welcome to Deep Insights, our weekly podcast series. This week, Senior Editor Gerard Peter speaks to John Duncan, Head of Responsible Investment at Old Mutual, about tapping into ESG indices and how the shift to a green economy impacts mining companies seeking investment. Let's join the discussion now. John Duncan. Thank you for joining us on Deep Insights today. Firstly, can you explain exactly what ESG indices are? Sure. Uh, thanks so much for having me you on your show. Um, so ESG indices are uh, baskets of listed securities that are constructed uh, using uh, environmental social governance metrics. Uh, typically, these indices are published by main in indice suppliers, um, and they typically represent a subversion of a main parent index. So for example, if you took, for example, the MSCI World Index, comprising sort of 1,800 stocks, depending on the um, index construction methodology, um, you would end up with a, a subversion of the parent index which would represent typically a basket of stocks that has higher overall net ESG quality than, say, the parent. Why are these funds attracting so much interest right now? Yeah, sure. Um, I think the one of the sort of interesting features of these of these kinds of indices, um, and I and I must just sort of caution the listener here. There are there are obviously. Um, several different versions of ESG indices that are available out there on the market. Many of them um, have got sort of similar construction methodologies, but there, there are variances, and it's important that people um, that are looking at these indices take time to understand the exact kind of construction methodology. But in, on a net basis, I would say the overall attraction for these kinds of indices is simply that they look at a market through a long-term sustainability lens. They use ESG indices, and most of them are typically designed to give you the same sort of risk return profile as the normal parent benchmark indice, but um, by holding a basket of companies that are measurably better for the planet. And so the question then becomes, well, if for the same risk and return, you can hold a basket of companies that's better for the planet, the question becomes as well, why wouldn't you? So in effect, um, the indices offer you a sort of free option on the long-term mispricing of ESG risk. And I think for investors who want to allocate capital towards um, a long-term uh, sustainable future, indices like this provide a, a low risk opportunity um, to participate in that part of the market. 
Um, so that's the one reason. The second reason I would say is that they kind of um, sh sort of the interest in these indices sort of shot to prominence some time back when a number of large um, reinsurers, i.e. those insurance firms that are holding the long tail risks in the market, sort of realized that, you know, their business model is collecting premiums on long term insurance contracts and then having to sort of direct um, uh, the pooled premiums back into the market in the hope that they would uh, you know, grow um, in a way that met their long-term liabilities. But I think what these uh, reinsurers started to realize is that in many cases, they were redirecting their capital back into the market in a way that was actually driving the long-term risks that they were insuring. So, you know, you see the likes of Munich Re and Swiss Re um, have, uh, you know, made public pronouncements around directing their capital towards and benchmarking their performance against ESG indices as a mechanism to support uh, de-risking of their uh, long-term portfolio holdings. Let's talk about COVID-19 and its devastating impact on international markets. Given the fact that investors want to start making money again, will ESG still be important? In other words, isn't it now a case of profit before purpose? Yeah, I, I would say that's sort of a, a generally held view that this kind of softer ESG stuff, you know, um, just sort of gets in the way of making real money. And, and and what's interesting is through this COVID period, I think there's been a couple of really important sort of learnings for the market. The first is that COVID is a, an exogenous system shock, as in it's a shock that comes from the outside of the market and it's materially impacted the market. And what this does is I think it, it raises people's awareness that External market sh um, system shocks are real in the same way that climate is an external system shock. The only difference with climate and COVID is that climate change is, a, is an incremental uh, risk that is building. And um, so, so that's the first point. The second point is that um, uh, sort of long-term sustainability, um, the long-term sustainability investment thesis, if anything, is held true and um, uh, through this market downturn and you know the simple premise here being that um, sustainability is a macrothematic trend you know companies that are ahead of this trend versus their peers will show a number of important sort of um, features you know like you know better brand recognition uh, you know lower cost of capital uh, better innovation stronger R&D you know better stakeholder relations and the like and in part ESG metrics, if you like, become a proxy measure for management quality. And what we've seen, um, certainly in the run-up to COVID, is a um, is a you know a growing body of evidence and research that has shown that um, you know companies with good sustainability credentials um, have outperformed their peers over time. And a lot of that commentary has cynically been sort of pointed at to say, well, this is just a good time signal. But what's been curious is that through the downturn, look, I mean, ESG funds like everyone else has, have, 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 have suffered. But what's been interesting is that they've suffered less. Um, and so I would say for investors that really are thinking about, um, you know, long-term outcomes and, and, and building wealth into the future, um, this present COVID moment provides a really great opportunity to sort of turn your attention towards a sustainability thesis and actually see how these funds have performed through this this downturn. And so on a net basis, I would say, you know, this COVID moment, if anything, um, 
should strengthen the investment case for sustainability going forward. Thank you. We will continue our discussion with John after this short message. It will never be the same. The new normal is business unusual. At Mining Review Africa, we want to partner with you to ensure that your brand is still visible in these unprecedented times. That's why we're offering you a bouquet of digital marketing choices to ensure that your company is still top of mind with your clients. This includes podcasts, partner profiles, videos, and webinars. Want to know more? Click on the Engage tab on miningreview.com today to find out how we can give you more bang for your digital buck. Welcome back. We are speaking to John Duncan of All Mutual about how mining companies can attract investment from ESG indices. Now, John, mining has a legacy of being harmful to the environment and negatively impacting communities. Do ESG indices have an appetite to invest in mining companies? Yeah, so it's 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 very interesting um, question. Um, I mean, mining uh, companies uh, have net positive contributions to society, and of course, like all businesses, they also have net negative contributions. Um, the other thing about mining companies is that not all of them mine the same portfolio of commodities, and there are certainly some commodities that could arguably be seen as part of a low-carbon, resource-efficient and socially inclusive future, whereas some commodities, um, you know, particularly those involved in the primary production of fossil fuels, there's a question mark over the role of these commodities in, in, a, in a forward-looking sort of green economy growth story. So how does that relate to indices? Well, it depends on the index construction methodology. Certainly, indices that are um, that are that are designed to have low tracking error to the parent benchmark. Typically, what you find is that these kinds of funds have uh, are sector neutral. So, when the fund is constructed, what they try to do is um, replicate um, the basket weights of the various sectors across a market. So, what that means is that the funds typically hold mining companies, but what they will do is they will look through the mining sector and um, rate the companies on an ESG basis and pick the best performing companies in the mining sector based on the ESG performance. Increasingly, however, what we do see is um, uh, a growing awareness around the long run transition to a low carbon economy and um, the the concerns around long term stranding um, of, of assets that are involved in the primary production of fossil fuels. So increasingly, we see institutional investors um, looking at their portfolios and saying, look, over the next 10 to 15 years, how do I transition my asset base to be aligned with green economy outcomes? And as a consequence of that, we're seeing some of these large institutional investors making quite sort of hard calls around excluding um, primary producers of fossil fuels. So it's a bit of a long-winded way of saying that there are some indices out there um, that are agnostic um, on, on, on um, mining companies, and so they will include them at, um, and as a way of replicating the sector in the, in the overall fund construction. And in addition, there are some ESG indices out there um, where uh, the, the construction methodology has a hard exclusion on primary producers of fossil fuels. So, um, yeah, you, 
I guess what I'm saying here is is that there is um, there's a there's a continuum of approaches as regards mining companies, and I would say increasingly there is um, growing pressure um, from institutional investors for primary producers of fossil fuels um, uh, to be excluded in certain um, indices. And that's principally been driven by Northern Hemisphere institutional investors. I would say there's probably a, um, a less of an appetite in the Southern Hemisphere for, from an institutional perspective around this topic. How do mining companies attract investment from these indices? Yeah, it's a great question. So I would say if I was uh, in the management team of a mining company, I would certainly want to ensure that my company uh, was included in an ESG index. Um, you know, it's my, my personal belief that I think ESG indices are the future and um, certainly active funds are probably likely to see their performance benchmarked against ESG indices. And uh, as the world moves to more towards more passive investing, so being included in these kinds of um, indices would be attractive to, to, to any company. Um, so how do you do that? Um, obviously, the important thing here is to look at what are the material ESG risks that affect your, the, the ability of your company to make profit going into the future. And really what you want to be doing is making sure that you are actively managing these, these issues, thinking about them in terms of long-term strategy, linking them to um, executive remuneration strategies, and really driving at these issues um, to to so that they affect bottom line performance. Um, if it's not related to a business case and driving bottom line um, return outcomes, I would say it's generally gonna just be a waste of time. So yeah, I guess the, the, the short answer here is, is that company management teams need to focus very strongly on what's the business case for sustainability uh, around their business and um, make sure they're putting the right level of management attention and focus on these these issues and reporting and disclosing that publicly. You know, what I haven't said here is that um, it's obviously difficult if you're a pure play fossil fuel mining company because, you know, it's likely what it's likely that, you know, uh, mining companies of that nature are going to find it increasingly more difficult to be included in ESG indices because of the hard exclusions that are being applied uh, to companies of that nature. Finally, given this paradigm shift towards a green economy, how does this affect the way that mining companies will operate in the future? Sure, that's a really interesting question. Um, I, I think in the first instance, I think mining companies will become, certainly listed mining companies will be a lot more selective about uh, a commodity mix in their portfolios. And I think there will be increasingly a tilt towards uh, commodities that are seen as solutions to uh, this transition to a resource efficient and low carbon uh, e economic growth path. That's the first sort of point. Um, the second point is, I think, um, and, and, and I hope this is true, is that I think mining companies will become a lot more um, astute around the business case in terms of being resource efficient. And by resource efficient, I mean sort of um, efficient in terms of energy use or any kind of um, produce that goes into the mining activity and then becoming more resource efficient in terms of waste streams around the mine 
Um, so understanding that business case and particularly as it pertains to sort of long-term rehabilitation. And then lastly, I would say um, it, mining companies, I expect going forward, will start um, thinking a lot more carefully about um, you know, the social dimension of their, of their business practice, you know, the impact um, to communities from a long-term sustainability perspective and the health and safety consideration for, for workers um, and the, um, the reward sort of benefit sort of contract that exists between mining companies and, and, and people that work in them. And, and to be fair, there are a lot of mining companies, um, you know, and especially in South Africa that have made, you know, great progress in this, in this field. And if anything, when compared to global peers, are, are actually leaders. John Duncan, Head of Responsible Investment at Old Mutual. Thank you for joining us on Deep Insights today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe to our weekly podcast, which is available on all popular podcast platforms. Give us a five-star rating and share deep insights with your social network. Also, log on to miningreview.com to access our webinars, videos, industry insights, and the latest mining news. Until next week, goodbye and stay safe.